sometimes you just got to begin to chase a dream that is bigger than you. Sometimes when it seems like you're so far behind, you'll never catch up. You got to get up on your feet. You can't wait for other people to be what you've been called to be. Hello and welcome to the Ugly Daughter podcast. This is Julia Legend. I'm very grateful to have Fatu Sila as our special guest for the show today. She's a child and youth worker at FACS Family and Community Services in New South Wales. Fatu is here today to talk to us about female genital mutilation. This is one of the most extreme forms of violence against girls. I'm going to let Fatu to fill you in this story. Hello, Fatu, and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Joe. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Please go ahead. Uh, tell our listener a little bit about your background. Hey, um, so my name is Fatu. I originally came from um, Sierra Leone, which is in the western, uh, in west part of Africa. It's a small country and stuff like that, and the people there are lovely. So I arrived in Australia 2013 as a 13-year-old girl. Yeah, and there I went to high school in Australia. And now I'm in university doing my degree in Bachelor of Social Work. Currently in my fourth year, so I'm almost finished. And also I do volunteer work as well um, with No FGM Australia, which I've been doing now for almost three years. And I'm also a survivor of FGM. Can you tell tell our listeners what is FGM? Yeah, sure, of course. Um, FGM is female circumcision, known. Also people might know as the word cut. Uh, it's anything, it's a female, it's, so there's four type of um, female genital mutilation can go into detail if you, you want me to. Yeah, sure. Into all four of them. Yeah. First one is pretty much um, FGM. It is the forced removal of some or all of the clitoris and the libia. So and sometimes all external genitalia is cut and scrubbed away and the remaining skin stitched together, mm. leaving a tiny hole about the same size of matchstick for urine and um, your period as well. And the second one is pretty much um, female, it's like the cut of your clitoris and labia and then um and the third one is uh, those two including the stitches of your vaginas together which is leave a little hole for blood and urine as well and the fourth one is uh, when there's a little bit of scratch in the genital area or a bit of pinch or anything like that anything surgical or that's considered as fourth part of fgm wow it sounds really barbaric it is barbaric like it's awful yeah like i mean do women have to get circumcised? Um, yes, female F- FGM can happen at any time from birth up to childhood, but it is usually uh, inflicted on adolescent girls. Is that a religious practice, or is that the, I mean, is there any real meaningful or purpose behind this act? Well, they say it is in the re- people said that to have the backup of it, saying that oh yeah, it's like in the religion, it's like it happened. But it's false. Like, it's not in the Bible, it's not in the Quran either. No, so... What is the whole purpose? I mean, it sounds so, you know, brutal and so cruel. Yeah, it is awful, so you never understand it. But people mainly commit this kind of thing because they want cleanness, hygiene purposes. I can't imagine, though, it sounds so horrible. What kind of psychological and physical effect on these girls, young girls, and especially for yourself? Personally, as a victim of and survivor of FGM, I can say that the trauma of undergoing FGM uh, is devastating and has a lifetime impact on 
anyone physically and emotionally and mentally, you know. Yeah. The FGM cost like causes people to struggle with pain daily. Yeah. What kind of pain are we talking about, Fatu? We're talking about period pain here and sometimes you have like um period pain and a urinary tract infection as well. Most of the time that you go the whole day without going to the toilet because as FGM during your FGM period when you were circumcised, like you were scared to go to the toilet. So you learn to hold your urine throughout day and then refuse to go to the toilet because it's so painful when you pee. And then that will cause you to have a urinary tract infection. And then as an older age and you learn to actually hold your urine throughout days and that will cause that same pains and things like that. And how do you get rid of the pain? You can't get rid of it. All you have to do is go to the doctors and get you um, antibiotic, you know. Oh, wow. That's that's the only thing you can do and that's throughout your life. It's like it's your mental state. You're pretty much used to it. So you're talking about like the whole entire life until the day you kick the bucket. You will have to live with this pain. That's correct. It's like lifetime. It's like once it happens, it does not reverse back, you know. Oh, it's wow. Completely lifetime and then you struggle throughout daily. Like you might not think about it, but eventually you're the one that's dealing with it. And it's something that's so personal and then you have to learn to deal with it. You don't mind me asking this personal question, but what about the intimacy with your partner? Oh, it's really hard. It's like growing up and then having a sexual partner. It's really hard because, yeah, childbirth, like... um. You're scared to give birth because let's say people that have type 3 FGM, it's really hard for them to give birth because giving birth is like having th- uh, second time circumcision because li- you're literally opening their vaginas again second time. And also it's like having intimacy with your partner, it's the same thing. It's so painful for you to the fact that you don't want to do it. So things like that. So it's really hard. And also start of a relationship, talking to your partner about it, it's like a bit embarrassing. You just don't know if they're going to accept you for who you are or just going to be like, no, you know, I'm not going to be able to deal with that kind of sort of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, I can't even imagine. I don't even know if I want a partner because it's just embarrassment and a shame. You know what I mean? Like it's just. Oh, it is. Absolutely. You know, because sometimes talking about it, you're like, is it even worth talking about it? You know? Or are they going to make fun of me for talking about Or am I going to be like, look, at, at being so weird, you know? So all those things. So is this a norm in your culture? Is this only in your culture? Or is there any uh, other cultures that you're aware of that doing this kind of thing to all the young girls? No, no, it's not only in my culture. Um, FGM happened like um, around the world, actually. I can give you like, tra- uh, FGM is in traditional practice in 29 countries. 29 uh, countries? Yeah. Wow. 29 countries in Africa included um Somalia nine, Somalia is 98% of women yeah. Egypt is 91% of women and then but also it's it also found in uh, Middle East as well and part of Southeast Asia like Indonesia and India they practice as well wow. all those sort of places yeah that is horrendous it, that uh, is it's a pretty lot bad of women and children suffering from this like unnecessary act that's correct a uh, statistic also showed that according to UNICEF, there's about uh, 140 million women and girls in the world today who have had it, FGM. Wow. And uh, in Australia, there are about 83,000 women and girls who are likely to have had FGM. In Australia? And then... In our country? Yeah. How is that possible? Yeah, in our country. Well, it's happening. People backyard. I think people don't speak about it as often as they should. You know what I mean? It's so, considered so as taboo. You, I mean, that. how do you... Get people to talk about it and raise awareness but, and stop. Exactly. It's about me talking to you right now and going around speaking to places and then um, my hearing, like my voice being heard places where it's you know, around the country, schools, yeah. let's say colleges and then universities. 
um, functions anyway that there's uh, women's available or men's are willing to listen or anyone like word to word like you going to your friends and telling about them you know things like that that's how you raise awareness and then you might end up saving a child's life by just talking about it so how can we protect the australian girls especially you know from uh, from female genital mutilation and also help them help the survivors to to cope with the post-traumatic you know this um i think I think at the moment we're looking for more fundings, like especially now FDM Australia, they're looking looking for funding for the government to actually give more funding so there's more educational, like teaching women and girls and then professionals as well about FGM, what it is, and then survivors as well, like counselor, like counseling service for survivors, you know, so they have a place to go and talk about without being judged, especially the young girls as well, talking to social workers about it, you know, yeah. all those things, and knowing their rights. Don't you think... The best way for you or us, I mean, I don't know much about it, so I can't talk on your behalf, but I mean, mm. wouldn't you think that the best way to start is uh, with the parents? I mean, th- the parents are the one who initiate all this, yeah? Of course. Like um, it, like I said, there was 83,000 people in Australia that's been mutilated. Out of those 83,000, three, three women are likely to have uh, to practice the same thing on their so if we have the chance to speak to the mothers and fathers, uh, you're doing so well because they're going to tell them the impact of it, you know, and this is not beneficial to anyone. And it's not right that saying that you're, if you're not circumcised, you're not clean. Because in some part of Africa, you know, if you're not mutilated, you're considered as being a male, which is completely false, you know what I mean? So it's like you grow up with this mentality of saying that women are below men. So uh, men that grow up in an environment like that, they want their women to be a certain way or if you're not mutilated you're known as being a slut in the community you know or you don't belong in sort of er- certain areas because of your you're not being mutilated that is just insane i try very hard not to judge but it just to me i i don't understand i mean i don't i don't come from the culture like that and for me, from the outsider looking in, it's just totally insane. How could you justify doing this kind of thing to your children? It's really hard to justify. And when people justify it, it just pisses me off. Yeah, like I, especially I when you bring sometimes. religion into it. It's bullshit. Like, um, I always argue with people about religion. I'm like, well, like, show me the verses in the Quran and in the Bible. Then I'll But even if there is a verse in the, in the book, let's say, that, that's ancient. It's you like know, it's, it's yeah, no, it's like my body. What's the deal? You touching my body, like you know, yeah. it's some like it's that place that I would never be able to experience because of someone's stupidness. Because someone decided saying that oh, that part of your body is not doesn't belong to you, so I'm gonna cut it off and then throw it away. So you're never gonna be able to have that kind of pleasure again. Like you know what I mean? So who are you to do that? They take away your privilege and you know the the pleasure that you're entitled to. How does that help your partner? I know, and it's really hard to have. It's like I live in a Western world today where some men are understanding, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're there for you, to care for you. So they're always through, like, your emotion, the up and down, they're there for you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So where in a Western world, or like back home, your men they don't care about how you feel. They don't care how you get there, you know? They just want to get there, and then that's it. They don't give a shit about your feelings, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why even some here, getting into a relationship, like, it does this man actually care about my needs? You know, my needs are very hard. Are they actually going to be patient with me? You know what I mean? All those stuff. It goes through your mind. It's something like, you know, our relationship is not 
even worth it. You know, I might just be by myself. Well, I guess you you consider consider yourself lucky because you live in the Western world and the men are more like minded and more supportive. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and I'm saying that. Yeah, sure. I'm saying that around the world today, like in my country, Egypt and Somalia and uh, Ethiopia, women are fighting so hard to make a difference. And I, you know, I try to help young women and as people that escape from FGM and all those happening there, Canadian people, mothers, and then people actually practice FGM. Yeah, so I mean, I'm really glad that you know there there are women like yourself to be the voice for all these children. But what I find it hard to believe is that if we live in 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 the first world, I mean, in a in a developed world, uh, in the country that we have law to protect women and children, and I mean men and all that equally, how is it possible for the the young girls that born here or even came here when they were young to to be violated and got their genital mutilated by their parents? How is that possible? Oh, they do it the back way, you know what I mean? Oh, like What do you no mean, m- like, back way, like? Well, there's not much talk about it. Let's say, um, example, which can be happening as well, like, the school holiday, mothers might be taking their kids to overseas and then committing the practice, then coming back in Australia without the Australian government knowing about it, okay. you know? So, so they, like- they literally just take the kids elsewhere, get it done, and then get them back into Australia. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, and or it can happen right here in, in Australia. But then, can you prosecute them for like taking the child out of the country and then do harm to them? Absolutely. Even if you're eight, if you're under eighteen or eighteen over eighteen, I think. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is accurate, but I know it's both of them. Yeah. And you go overseas alone and say, oh, and you go overseas and get mutilated on your own choices. You come back to Australia. That's criminal. You be you can be charged again like you can be charged so there was actually cases of it last i don't know two years ago a man um i think it was indonesian lady yeah. uh, who mutilated their daughters and then the mother got i think the mother got home detention and the father was sentenced and the community leader was sentenced as well for seven or four um violating the australian law how many years oh i think it was now it's i think it's 20 years imprisonment in australia and yet that didn't stop them from mutilating not, their kids no because there's not much saying about it you know what i mean let's say it's not every day you don't go to hospital and then sitting there waiting for gp you don't see a flyer in the flyer box and saying oh maybe this is interesting let me read it you don't see fgm being one of them you know what i mean so how are you gonna know about all this so that's why it does need to be more funding and more awareness like say i go to doctors i want doctors to be aware of what my conditions are i don't want doctors be asking me the question what I, the question that I actually should be asking them. You How know do I mean? we encourage the kids to talk to the social workers or the police about let's say that they've been violated but they're afraid of their parents and they, they wouldn't dare to speak out. How do you encourage them to speak up and speak out? That's exactly right. They, for us, like myself or any other person that speak about FGM, by doing community events because mm. you might be helping a young person there it might be giving them information where they're aware of or teachers most of the time you know you can educate the teachers and the teachers might know the science of it or teach you know sometimes students they're comfortable with their teachers they might go and tell the teachers because the teachers are detective you know to tell the teachers this is what i'm going through home and the teachers will take action against that yeah so but if the teachers don't know what that is how they're going to take action so as a community in general like for someone like me how can i help you guys to 
to I think s- you're doing enough already. You've been <laughs> putting me in the radio already. That's like a lot of listeners that are going to listen to my story today and then listen to the impact of FGM. They'll be like, wow, you know what I mean? And they're going to go home and then speak to their daughters about it, speak to their friends about it. And then they're, they're just like enough of like awareness already, you know what yeah. I mean? But is, is there anything else that we can do besides me helping About you? volunteering in an organization, FGM Australia. What kind of volunteer, what kind of roles do you look for? Like, uh, what do you need? I oh. think whatever you're comfortable being volunteer for, like, are you good at public speaking? Are you good at being organized? Are you being good at there, being there for survivors? Are, be, are you being good at replying to event organizing, like organizing events, you know, things like that, fundraising, you know, all this stuff. So that's something that if you're good at that and you're like, wow, I'm very passionate about it, then that's something that you might be able to contribute. I'm definitely considering, you know, doing this because I think it's just crazy. To me, it sounds like an unnecessary pain being inflicted onto older women and children around the world. And why do they have to inflict this kind of pain? Like, no, it is. There's no reason I, for it. I went through six months worth of pain. Oh, wow. Six months worth of pain. Like, and then the fact that they used to put dettols on my wind. And then now growing up, I can't stand the smell of dettol. Like it's something that I can't stand. I can't, like I would throw up if I smell it. Because that's, it would remind me of what I went through. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's pain that I can't describe. So it's, no painkiller for six months. It, there's no antiseptic cream or anything like that. You just go on the knife. <sighs> it's either blade, scissors or knife. They cut you with it. Like cut you with it. You're bleeding and flush throw it away. And they put some acid on your wound, which is so painful. It's like, I think it's pretty much like cutting yourself with knife, like knife, but cutting your flesh off with knife. That's how it and feels no like. painkiller, no, no pain nothing. Killer, nothing. Nothing like For that. For six months, you have to live with this. Nothing. Mm-mm. Nothing. And you can even get an infection, an infection that, you know, day-to-day basis infection or weekly infection, things wow. like that. That is so cruel. That's yep. like, I can't even imagine, you know, the pain that you... You had to go through, but now you like. It's not only that; it's a lifetime scar. It's a lifetime pain. It's every day. You go to the bathroom. You look at you like, oh my, I'm so different. You know, before I overcome the whole thing, I couldn't even speak about it without crying. And now I can speak about it without like actually cry, not cry at all, and then just say how I feel. And then because yeah. I know at the end of the day, I have to do it. But you, know? you still feel the emotional pain, though. I know you're not crying, but the pain's still there. Oh, yeah, it is. You get angry sometimes. That's why you got counseling. Yeah. You know, so you how do you angry. overcome your 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 emotional stress? and? You turn into positive by doing what I do now, which is speaking about it, helping other people. Even today, I'm going to go into, um, I'm having a speak today, which is uh, Rockdale. So I'm going to be speaking there with a group of women. So I'm going to be doing that PowerPoint presentation over there as well. So, so you just turn, turn your pain into your life's purpose, really? Pretty much. Oh, and wonderful. I think that's the best reward you can ever do for anyone, you know. Yeah. Speaking for those people that have no voice to yeah. come and speak about their own experience. I really admire, you know, what you do. So for those that already, like, there's no turning back for them, for those that already been mutilated like yourself, that listening, that listening to our program, what advice do you have for them? Uh, be strong and don't let the, like, those people that mutilated them, they're somewhere now, I don't know where. 
but they're living their life. So don't let that stop you from living your life. You're stronger than that. You know what I mean? Go out and speak about your pain. No one's going to judge you. And people that judge you, they know your friend. But what's you know? the first step for them to take the photo? Uh, if they still haven't got over it, mm. I think the best thing is speak to someone, someone who's willing to listen to you. And also contact now FGM Australia. There's myself and Khadija that's working very hard and then, you know, speaking about our story. And we're there. We can talk to you any day. We have a strong team of women who are very supportive. Our organization is not FGM Australia. Yeah. They can contact them and they call her. She's be, she'll be more than happy to welcome them. And that's oh. the first thing. Wow. This is such a heavy subject. It is. It is very oh, heavy. Gosh. I think every single time I speak about it, people are like, I didn't know that exists. I'm yeah. like, yes, it does exist. I mean, I, I heard about it many years ago, but to be honest with you, I didn't think much of it. Right, and I, I, I guess because not too many people talked about it, and I didn't really do any research. I thought, oh, circumcised. You know, it, it sounds like so informal, so harmless. Uh, but until I spoke to Greg, and I realized, oh my gosh, like how bad the whole situation really is. And so I really appreciate that you come on to my show and share your story today. And, That's okay. Um, yeah, I, I would love to have you in any way I can. So feel free to contact me anytime and let me know what can I do to help you. No worries. I would definitely do that. And thank you so much for having me on and then sharing my story and then for your listeners. I hope it was good insight as well. Yeah, thank you. It's a great pleasure. Well, I hope you have a great day and have fun in Rockdale and I'd love to catch up with you in person soon. No worries. Thank okay, you so thanks much. Thanks, Bye for now. Bye. Bye. That's all for now. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.